Shorter, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. Like natural Israel was freed from slavery in Egypt, spiritual Israel has been freed from the slavery of sin. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. Since we are free now, are we in any way still slaves? Good question, Mama. To our listeners, you can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com. Find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com, as well as on Facebook, Twitter, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Deezer, TuneIn, Spotify, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and YouTube. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Thank you to all who have already done so. And we want to send a big shout out to our listeners in Michigan and Japan. Amen. So this week's Torah portion is called Mishpatim. You may have heard us use the word Mishpat on earlier episodes. Mishpat means judgment. And when the im is added to the end, that makes the word plural. These judgments from Elohim are very special. Mm-hmm. Remember when Yeshua was asked, which is the great commandment in the law, as documented in Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40? Yeshua answered, You are to love Yehovah, your Elohim, with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength. This is the greatest and most important mitzvah. And the second is similar to it. You are to love your neighbor as yourself. All of the Torah and the prophets are dependent on these two mitzvot. This Torah portion is special also because it gives definition and examples for the way Jehovah expects us to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Our modern society may not like or agree with all of the judgments that Jehovah has made. In fact, there are some likely communities of Christians who look at his rulings and take issue with them. As you read these rulings, be careful not to superimpose your current day context on them mm-hmm. or your personal preferences. For example, some of Jehovah's rulings have to do with proper treatment of slaves. For today's Western or Greek mindset, any type of slavery is an abomination. It may be unthinkable for them that the Elohim of Israel permitted slavery in any context, especially given that he freed Israel from slavery. Generally speaking, the topic of slavery is pretty touchy in the African-American community. We don't exactly like being referred to as slaves or servants, but I still remember being in grade school when the epic series Roots came on TV. Do you remember that, Miss? I do. Yeah, I went to school angry every day after seeing the portrayal of slavery in America. It was really hard for me to grasp how something so horrible could happen in my country. Now, I know that the Torah addresses multiple types of slavery, as we call it, including the type I saw on Roots as a child. That type of slavery that we saw on Roots is what the Torah referred to as stealing people, or man-stealing. Mm-hmm. Man-stealing is defined in the Bible as someone who kidnaps a person to either treat them as a slave or sell them into slavery. Exodus 21 verse 16 says, Whoever kidnaps someone must be put to death, regardless of whether he has already sold him or the person is found still in his possession. This instruction is reiterated 
in Deuteronomy 24, verse 7. That's how serious Jehovah feels about this. Mm -hmm. Man-stealing is what happened to many Africans brought to America. Many people profited from man-stealing, people of all races and nations. We see an instance of man-stealing in the story of Joseph when he was sold by his own brothers. I have to admit, Daddy, the first few scriptures in Exodus 21 really challenged me because it seems very different than what we might suggest as law. But as I reminded myself that this is the instruction of the sovereign Elohim and that this was his righteous judgment for certain situations, I had to put down my own opinions and open up my heart to accept his word. Yeah, I get it. These scriptures challenge me as well. From our study, it doesn't seem like Hebrews had jails where people just stayed until they paid their debt. If they were unable to pay a debt, then they were sold into slavery or servitude in order to pay the debt. According to Exodus 21, verses 1 and 2, this slavery could not exceed six years. During the seventh year, they had to be freed, owing nothing, and they were given something to help them get back on their feet. They also had an option to remain in service to their masters if they chose to. Now, it may be tough to imagine from our modern-day perspective that anyone would decide to remain in service to someone else indefinitely. But, again, those times were different from the world we know. Abram's servant, Eliezer, he seems like an example of this type of long-term servant. The Torah reading continues to describe other rulings in cases of slavery. A common theme that I see in each ruling is that Jehovah prescribes fair treatment for the servant. Women who were sold to become concubines could not be divorced or put away by the man who bought them and married her. He had to provide the same privileges and support to her that he provided to his wife or her wives. Under certain circumstances, she could be released from the arrangement. What I see is the overarching theme of fairness in this Torah portion. If we love our neighbor as we love ourselves, we want a fair outcome when dealing with them. Because we don't want to be taken advantage of, Jehovah directs that disputes between people be settled in a proportionate manner. This is true regardless of who may have the most money or authority or any other resource. Everyone is valued in Elohim's instructions, even servants. Amen, Mama. Even if they're in positions of servitude, Elohim instructed that his people be treated fairly and with respect. It's an unfair comparison to equate our concept of slavery to what the Torah is talking about. Still, the idea can be hard for us to deal with in modern times. The righteous people in the Bible didn't seem to have a problem with being servants to Elohim, though. In some instances, certain kings, prophets, and other righteous people were described as servants. That's right. I know what you mean. In Jeremiah 33, verse 20, Elohim said, Here is what Jehovah says. If you can break my covenant with the day and my covenant with the night, so that daytime and nighttime no longer come when they're supposed to, then my covenant with my servant David also can be broken, so that he will not have a descendant to reign from his throne 
or the Levites who are priests to minister to me. Uh, Psalms 105 refers to Abraham and Moses as servants of Elohim. If you're going to be a servant, these two patriarchs are great company to be in. Yeah, they sure are. You know, we even see Yeshua referring to his disciples as servants. In the Gospel of John, chapter 13, we read about what Yeshua did at the Last Supper. After dinner, he proceeded to wash everyone's feet. Peter initially rejected Yeshua's attempt to wash his feet, and Yeshua replied with, Unless I wash you, you have nothing to do with me. We know Peter's response. He asked Yeshua to not stop with washing his feet, but to include his hands and his head. Picking up at verse 12, Yeshua asked his disciples, Do you understand what I've done to you? You call me Rabbi and Lord, and you are right, because I am. Now if I, the Lord and Rabbi, have washed your feet, you also should wash each other's feet, for I have set you an example, so that you may do as I have done to you. Yes, indeed, I tell you, a slave is not greater than his master, nor is an emissary greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Dad, this is a great teaching. Sure is. And I'm so happy to have been washed by Yeshua. I see clearly that Yeshua affirmed that he was and is rabbi, which means great one, and Lord, which means a ruler or a king with power and authority. And that makes his followers his servants. Later in John chapter 15, beginning at verse 13, we read, No one has greater love than a person who lays down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I no longer call you slaves because a slave does not know what his master is about. But I have called you friends because everything I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You know, there's so many wonderful teachings in that scripture. And I love that teaching too, Mama. It does set up a good question, though. Later in the Brit Kaddishah, we see the apostles Peter and Paul referring to themselves as servants or slaves to Yeshua HaMashiach. Mm -hmm. In the introduction to the book of Revelation, we read that this book is written to show the servants of Yeshua HaMashiach what is coming. John even identifies himself as a servant. So my question is, which one are we? Are we servants? Or did Yeshua bring in a new doctrine and status for believers that makes us friends instead of servants? Daddy, this reminds me of what we talked about with Valerie Moody. I remember her example from Fiddler on the Roof, in which the main character was listening to an argument, and he said that both sides were right. When someone who else was listening said that they can't both be right, the main character replied and said, yes. You are right. Now, that example was a funny way to describe the Hebrew way of thinking. They're comfortable with paradox, accepting two seemingly contradicting points of view. I think that if we apply that same way of thinking to your question, the answer is we are servants of the Most High and we are his friends. And to our listeners, if you missed Valerie's teachings on the Greek mindset versus 
the Hebrew mindset? Please check out our episodes 69 and 70. You'll want to buy Valerie's book, My Big Fat Greek Mindset, as well. Mm -hmm. That brings us to our weekly question. What would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and judge Yehovah's rulings based on modern-day feelings about slavery? Or would you take the red pill? Read Elohim's word in context and recognize his value for human life interwoven in his Torah? Only you can answer that question. Tim and I know that the one true judge who has taken away our sins and has given us favor that we can never deserve. The one who has erased any resentment for human slavery and every other offense is so good to us, we just don't have any room for bitterness. Besides, Elohim makes it possible for us to enjoy fruitful lives. Amen. As citizens of the kingdom of Yehovah, we believe for the favor that Yehovah gives to us and our fellow citizens every day. We serve Yehovah with gladness. We count it a rare privilege to be known as his servants and his friends. Romans 6 verse 16 reminds us that to whom we yield and obey, that's whose servant we are. Whether we yield to sin, whose end is death, or yield to Jehovah's instructions, whose end is righteousness. Well, everyone, that's it for today's podcast. Please go back and listen again to what we shared and talk about it with your family and friends. Thank you for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Tour, where you can handle the truth.